This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. And welcome back to Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast responsible for shredding a $1.4 million Banksy painting. That's right, I meant to print off another sheet of Fresh Hamiltons to buy a single banana, and well, I accidentally turned on our London Shredder. You will not believe how many times I have made that mistake. Dylan, did you get a chance to check out the shredding of the Banksy painting? I did. Actually, someone showed it to me on their phone as just kind of like a quick clip. My initial reaction was, this is amazing. This is this is so cool. I love it. I guarantee you that that painting probably doubled in price from that stunt. Yeah, I, I could imagine the initial kind of shock and surprise that they had, and especially the buyer, but then that intrigue around yeah. the whole event and that it's probably been shared hundreds, if not thousands of times on social media would only add to that. And then the buyer's like, I just want to auction that baby right off again. Yeah. <laughs> Make a flipping. quick, yeah, quick flip. Uh, if you guys are wondering who has joined us on today's podcast, that is magician Dylan Barrett, who hosts a weekly magic show on his Instagram at Dylan Barrett 52. You were kind of uh, 51 other people who got your name before you. I, that's actually not to uh, to playing cards. 52 playing cards. Oh, interesting. In the deck of cards. Yeah, I'm thinking about renaming though, uh, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Do you have any ideas that you want to... Oh, you probably want to keep them to yourself so someone doesn't steal them. Yeah, so that those 51 other Dylan Barretts <laughs> won't take my ideas. They won't take it. Uh, you are joining us today to talk about uh, or give some opinions on some strange and interesting news stories from around the world. Welcome to Water Cooler Talk. Happy to be here. And for those of you who may be new to the program, Water Cooler Talk is about connecting the world in conversation by taking the strangest, the weirdest, the quirkiest, most bizarre, and most unbelievable real-life news stories and opening up a discussion about some of the ideas presented in those articles. If you want to share a strange and interesting local news story yourself, comment your thoughts on one of today's stories, or just want some money to go see a Star War, you can email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com or connect with us on Twitter at watercoolertalk, talk spelled T-L-K. That's right, folks. We are finally on Twitter. And if you stay until the end, I may be able to make your Twitter day. All right, Dylan, are you ready to rumble and jump into our very first story of the day. Let's do it. So, Dylan, you you would consider yourself a magician, yeah. uh, one who specializes in stage magic and mystifying your audience, or you, would you say you're an illusionist more? Um, not, not, not even necessarily stage magic. I do have more of a stand-up type show that works for bigger audiences, but I also do a lot of close-up magic, uh, which I think is one of my favorite parts about being a magician, getting up nice and close with people. Coming from that experience in the field, where do you cross the line on the believable do you believe in the supernatural or the paranormal i would say i personally i think i believe in the supernatural and paranormal but i think that's a very different thing than magic which sounds weird to say in a sentence right because it's True. not that different when you talk about like in fiction and, and movies you know magic and and that paranormal kind of come together but for me magic is uh is an art form a performing art form yeah that can connect people and and bring joy and happiness to people um all through ordinary objects that are lying around. Good to hear. I think you'll have some good uh, background into the story. Uh, and for those of you at home, the story did occur in September 2015, but it was an interesting enough story to bring on the podcast. This story is from Global News Canada. 
Do not pay con artist money to ward off black magic and curses, investigators say. Investigators in Edmonton, Canada have been receiving numerous complaints of psychics and astrologers duping Canadians across Canada for thousands of dollars in bogus readings, and in one case duping a victim who had paid $85,000 for a bogus reading before fleeing the country. Since many of the victims sought out psychics and astrologers to help with personal family and business issues, many were hesitant to go to the police after being scammed from bogus readings. And the investigators from the Edmonton Police Department said these were a few signs of a fraudulent psychic. Unrealistic promises to solve personal and financial problems. Requests for a small amount of money up front for performing healing rituals. They will present a plan requiring thousands of dollars of money up front. And they claim to remove black magic and or witchcraft. Dylan, what are your thoughts on psychic readings? I think maybe I should start offering this as part of my my shows. <laughs> maybe make this... some scam some people. <laughs> right, and this seems to be pretty lucrative, apparently. So personally, I do not like those. Um, I think, especially, I think this is a good case in you know people taking advantage of those um, in need or in mourning. A lot of times, you see spirit mediums or or these faith healers or psychic mediums claiming to have these powers when, in actual fact. They're just using magician's tricks a lot of the times. Um, a lot of cold reading. Yeah, cold reading and, and other other sort of, that's a great way to say it. Um, yeah, to scam people and take advantage of those who don't know any better and, and just start looking for a better life. And I'm someone who, um, I don't believe in any of the defined religions. I'm agnostic. You know, I believe there's something greater out there. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been defined yet or will ever be defined. Uh, but I also believe in like energies throughout the world, like good or bad kind of things. So when it comes to uh, psychics, I'm a bit hesitant to say that they're all frauds. I believe a majority of them are frauds. They're using their gifts, and I'm quoting gifts there, to scam people out of money because, like you said, they're using cold readings and just tricks to kind of say, prey on your weaknesses that, oh, I have fears and you're helping me answer those fears. But I do believe there are people in our world and they may not even call themselves psychics. They probably don't even call themselves psychics. They probably disconnect themselves from that word. But people in the world that kind of use those good and bad energies to get kind of like a cold reading, but using these energies to feel like, hey, maybe this decision to be with someone has bad energy to it. And they would say, hey, you know, if they ask for it, they won't just say, boom, you know, you and your boyfriend, that's bad energy break up with them. But if someone like a girl came to her or a girl came to this person and said, you know, I'm having troubles with my boyfriend, what kind of feelings do you have? And she says, oh, it's kind of a negative thing, but maybe there's some things you can help to work on. So that's where I kind of stand with psychics. I believe, yeah, there's, it's definitely like a very fraudy situation, but I definitely do also believe there are people in this world who have better understandings of energies. I think all of us in the world kind of feel energies. Like we feel good someday. We feel bad someday. I think that's a cause of energies. But I also believe there are some people in our world that can take those energies at a better understanding level and use it to potentially help people. I definitely would agree. I think my head went straight to like high level Buddhist monks or people like that that aren't necessarily out there like, hey, pay me to help you, but more more like just trying to give back and, and use those maybe skills isn't the right word, but those uh, um, 
all their time spent on thinking about the world and energies and, and how people are connected or interrelated. I definitely think that that's a good thing and that that's a positive thing. But whenever, yeah, you get into this sort of, I sometimes joke with people, people ask me um, if I'm at a show or a gig, like, hey, can you, you know, turn this one into a hundred dollar bill or can you make my <laughs> wife disappear? That's like under the FAQs of a magician. I, I, I often reply back. I say, I only use my powers for good, jokingly, but there's some truth to that too, right? Because as, as, as we see, there's people out there who use their powers for evil. When I think a lot of people forget that a lot of cultures are very like grounded in the supernatural and superstitions. So like, yeah, somebody paying $85,000 to get answers for something may seem ridiculous. But then what if that person is in one of those cultures where this is a huge part of who they are? You know, you think of Native Americans and spirit animals, like how many people across the world think that's not something that makes sense. But to them, that's their heritage. That's who they are. So if it's a case of like, hey, yeah, somebody can read my spirit animals for me, why would I not give them money? Because I think when it comes down to it, people are always looking for answers. And sometimes they look for different ways to find answers. And I think a psychic, something that is very attractive for people is psychics give fraudulent psychics, when I say that, give assurance when people are looking for insurance, where a therapist might say, well, how do you feel about that? A psychic will say, this is what you should feel about that. So that's also something to remember, too, is like, you know, a lot of these people being scammed, maybe this is something that they just truly believe in. Because it's like, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, because I know I'll get a lot of very negative emails, but like religion. There's no factual basis behind religion. It was just a case of unanswerable things in the world, and we use religion to fill those in. And that's kind of where it goes to psychics. People are looking for answers that they can't find in science, they can't find in reality, so they're looking for something to fill in those blanks. I mean, it is it is a bit ridiculous, $85,000 to someone, but you can kind of see where it would make sense if someone is in a certain situation. Another thing I, I think about is how often in our modern society people are looking for the, the faster answer, the you know quicker solution, an easier life. And and most of the time that solution comes in the form of technology or something far more advanced. Well, this is kind of the opposite of that is people are looking for any answer possible, even if it's a more quote unquote primitive way or solution. Uh, yeah, I didn't know how to respond to that. That's such a good point. <laughs> it's yeah, it's exactly true. Um like what advice I, th- I feel like we're on the same wavelength for psychics, right? You can yeah. agree to that. What advice would you give to someone that maybe this $85,000 person, let's go back and time travel a bit. What advice would you give to them before they go to the psychic to eventually move them away from the, that decision to pay the psychic a ridiculous amount of money? Obviously, everyone's situation is different. And I think I would I would just say, do some research, find out what you need and, and how you can get that need fulfilled. And if that is the only way, is that the only option left? Probably not. I, you know, I feel like there's always something out there or someone out there that that can help you and probably isn't paying someone $85,000 to tell you some things about yourself. I think a psychic is kind of the bottom of the food chain when it comes to things you can do to potentially help yourself out, you know, even like, you know, a therapist or asking family and friends for help. And I also think it's part of 
pride too, as people don't want to ask for help. That's super popular Absolutely. or super common here in the States as people are so prideful. They don't want to ask other people for help. So they go and pay ridiculous amounts of money to someone they don't know who can give them potential answers. And don't get me wrong. I have heard of uh, some people that go to a psychic or a spirit medium and they're they're looking to contact someone that's that's died. And even if they might not have gotten an actual connection through this person, a real physical connection, to someone that's died, but the process and the the situation and the event that this psychic or person has created does make that person feel something, feel better, and maybe some closure and whatever they need. So I think that that could be a good thing. That could be a good thing. But I think those events, those instances of positive outcomes versus the negative ones, people actually getting scammed are kind of skewed. Yeah, when you do a magic trick, for example, I mean, people know magic's not real. Of course. Your, I don't want to say trick, is tricking would be a correct way or what? I don't mind. Say? There are some magicians that are really like, you know, I have tricks are for kids. Yeah. I do magic. I don't mind. They're, they're illusionist, Michael. Yeah. Tricks right. are for whores. Exactly. Yeah. But you're basically tricking people into believing or sleight of hand, changing how they perceive something to make them feel good in that moment. I mean, yeah, like you said, that kind of runs similar to what a psychic does in a sense is they're making you feel good in that moment using tricks, using different ways, using emotions, using your um, senses. So, I mean, I'm not comparing a psychic to a magician, but I'm saying I can get how people are kind of in that same mindset of it's totally fine. That, that's what I think I want to say in the end here. It's totally fine to go to a psychic. If that's something that makes you feel good and you think the money you're spending is worth that, I wouldn't pay a magician $85,000 dollars for one trick because right. that just doesn't make sense. The return on investment I'm getting on feeling good is not worth $85,000. Probably not. But maybe $50, maybe $100. So kind of the same thing when you go to a psychic. It's If a psychic makes you feel good, how much does it make you feel good? Can you correspond that to a monetary value a bit? Um, it makes me think of, I watched a documentary a long time ago. Um, have you heard of Darren Brown? That sounds familiar. Yeah. So Darren Brown is, a, is an English uh, magician and mentalist. He's kind of like the equivalent of our David Blaine, kind of a household name over there, has had a bunch of specials, a long, long running um, physical shows in person. And he did a really interesting documentary a while ago. I think it's on YouTube if, you, if you're interested, but it's called Miracles for Sale. And what he did was he found, uh, he was trying to expose faith healers. Okay, yeah, I've heard of this guy. Yes. What Didn't he give like a million dollar prize to someone who could, or is this another guy? This is a different guy, but we can talk about that guy okay, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, Darren Brown wanted to expose faith healers because they were scamming a ton of people for a lot of money. And he wanted to show how easy it was to become a faith healer. And so he took a random guy. Um, I don't know if it was an actor per se, but um, a random guy and and spent a week with him or two and taught him, trained him in the in the tricks that these faith healers will use while on stage and 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 how to how to get money from people. And then at the end of their training time, actually went out into a congregation and made it happen. And and then at the end, explained to everyone that it was all a scam and how you should look out for this kind of thing in your own life. Really interesting documentary. Who is the other guy who I was speaking of? So you're thinking of his name is James Randi. Yes. Yes. And there's a 
he has his own documentary. Yeah, he has Netflix, a documentary on Netflix. That, I've really seen that. Cool. Yeah, it's very good. And it started out as a small kind of claim. Um, I think he offered like $1,000. Over time, it sort of built into, I think it's a, mil- a million dollars mm-hmm. was, the, was the prize uh, for anyone that could come on and prove to him that anything that they were doing was real. No one has done it. No one has, has claimed the prize. Do you think, um, and this is where we'll kind of end the story, do you think there are people out there in the world that are have those abilities in some sense? I do. Part of being a magician means you're trying to help people believe in the impossible. Um, I think we spend so much of our life you know, learning and collecting data and figuring out how things work. And I think it's part of my job as a magician to remind you that there's always a little room for more learning and, and growing. It's a solid quote. That should be the bio for the rest of your life. Nice. <laughs> uh, any final any final thoughts on bogus psychics in Canada? Bogus psychics in Canada? Will they be coming to Watch America? Out. <laughs> Watch out, America. They're yeah. coming for you next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. I would like to welcome magician, communication student, and all-around positive guy, Dylan Barrett, to today's episode of Water Cooler Talk. Every Monday, you can catch another new episode of his magic show, Magic Monday, on his Instagram, Dylan Barrett 52 52 for the deck of cards. There's not 51 other Dylan Barretts. Uh, this upcoming week, he attempts to saw me in half. That's going to be on your next Magic Monday. You're going to saw me in half. It did not go well. I am a half of a human right now. It's it kind of weird being interviewed by a half, yeah, <laughs> half person. Uh, give, me, give me a bit of a breakdown of how you got into magic and kind of what it means to you. Yeah, so it all started a long time ago. I think my grandpa was the first one that showed me basic card trick, and it, it just kind of blew me out of the water. And didn't really act on it for a while, but then I was on a, a family trip. We were out west um, in Seattle. Have you ever been to Pike's Place Market in Seattle? I have been there. Famous yes. market. They have a lot of buskers, which means street performers. I don't know if you. I uh, actually worked with one and like filmed them and stuff. No way. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear about that. It wasn't. I just made that sound exciting. It wasn't okay. that exciting. Yeah. I was making a documentary, and he just happened to be there and wanted to be in the documentary. Boom, Got that's it. It. So they have these kind of locations all throughout Pike's Place Market. And for those of you who don't know, it's it's just a, a very famous open air market. Yeah, um, first Starbucks in the world. First Starbucks there. in the world. Yeah, it's the where they toss the trouts. Yep, they have a fish market. Fish. Yeah, and and people go and they wait around for someone to throw the fish, but then no one buys anything. So it's just kind of standing around waiting. It's kind of fun. But they have these locations for street performers. Most of the time, it's musicians, guitar players. Um, but my family and I were walking through kind of the main strip, and this guy called us over, and we we went over and uh, ended up watching him for probably 20, 30 minutes. Literally just him and a deck of cards and a table. And to this day, I think it was one of the most impressive things that I, that I had ever seen. Um, he was so smooth. I think the thing that impressed me more was how smooth he was with people and, and converse, con- conversing and talking with people. And I think that more than the magic trick itself is what got me interested in um, in magic. Do you remember what kind of magic trick he was doing? Was it like a three-card Monty? Or? He, um, it's a famous, now that I'm in magic, I know that it was a, a classic trick called the ambitious card, um, where someone signs a playing card and the magician puts it in the middle of the deck and then it rises to the top. And there's a few phases of this, but it was so cool, so fooling. And yeah, so I was a very, very awkward child. I was kind of the nerdy kid. People copied my homework in elementary, middle school. Um, and I couldn't really talk to anyone before I got into magic. So I very, very thankful, very, very grateful um, for this person. I've reached out to him on Instagram, but oh, no, really? res- no response. I oh, actually dang, ended up finding him again. Yeah. Yeah. He was selling DVDs on some basic magic tricks that he had filmed himself to make money for his wedding, which is so cool. Interesting. But it was that, yeah, I think that moment I put the most weight on on my, my introduction to magic. So how long have you been doing magic now since then? 
then? Almost 10 years. Almost a decade. Yeah, which is crazy. We're, you know, we're so young to, to say that you've done something for a decade. is kind of crazy, but it's true. I like to say I've been podcasting for 10 months. It's a decade and months. Nice. <laughs> uh, so what? Give me, give me a popular magic trick that you just cannot stand seeing performed. Honestly, one of those is the ambitious card because it's so popular and it's it's fairly easy as far as you know sleight of hand goes. Um, that it's it's very overdone. There are classics of magic, just like any other art form, any other genre. There's classics of magic, and when done well, when done properly, they're really some of the most entertaining pieces of theater of art that you've ever seen in your entire life. But if they're done kind of poorly or not with much thought to them, they can be um, oftentimes a way to get a, a cheap reaction. There's a, a documentary called, I think it's The Art of Magic, where there's a, a magician who, who who says most magic is pornography because it's it's a easy way to get a reaction. Even if you're not a very skilled magician, you can still pull off. You, you can walk into a magic shop, buy, you know, spend 20 30 $40, get a few basic tricks and still get the same reactions that, you know, a seasoned performer and a magician for 50 years can get which is kind of crazy to think about so like you can watch crazy, walk into yeah. a music store you know, pick up a guitar yeah and, and have play it like play Jimmy for Hendrix. you yeah that is sometimes why magic gets a little flack from other art forms is because you can you can buy an act i love magic i'm super interested in it like i watch magic on youtube all the time and i'm always like i try to like how do they do that how yeah. can i do that chris pratt did a magic trick on the graham norton show i don't know if you saw that i love that clip that is like my go-to trick when i'm like i want to show someone something cool real quick for a quick reaction i'm not a seasoned magician at all i'm very interested in it i would never be a magician i respect the art form too much but it's it's a super just interesting thing to watch like the guy who just won uh america's got talent Shin Lim. his oh he is so good with cards it yeah. is ridiculous what is like the card flourishes are so just yeah. Oh, it's such a beautiful thing to watch. Someone's, it's exactly like anybody can do a magic trick, but to see someone do a magic trick well is another thing entirely. And even that Chris Pratt clip, which I recommend you go check out because it's very funny. It's very entertaining. Well, it's I don't a, want people to know how I do my cool oh, yeah, magic that's true. trick. So don't watch it. Okay. Don't watch it. <laughs> but my point is he is an actor, right? And so he knows how to play people and know, knows timing and that kind of thing. The trick itself is very basic. It's a good trick. It's, it's, um, it's pretty simple as far as sleight of hand and that kind of thing. But the way that he connects with the audience and he, you know, pulls them on the hook of and makes them believe he's messing up and messing up and messing up that belief that and and that twist that he uses at the end is so powerful. And it's cool to see. I've seen that trick done by many people. And that would rank up there as one of the one of the best just because of his performance and how he uses the trick, not as how he puts his personality into the trick and not let more of a performance piece speak for himself. Yeah, that's a good point. Is there a trick that is like your Mount Everest? Uh, I'm always learning. I'm always uh, trying to solve me in half again. Yeah, it works this time. The next time. That's the line. I've got a ton of like response lines for for stuff that I hear all the time. And my one for that is someone's like, hey, can you solve me? in half can you sell my wife in half i'm like only once <laughs> it's a bad joke I, there, there, a lot of these are hack lines it works someone someone listening to this will be like that's kind of funny yeah, that's yeah. kind of funny <laughs> all right let's jump into another strange and interesting news story no cash needed at this cafe students pay the tab with their personal data this is from npr.com at shiru cafe in rhode island near brown university students with a college id can receive free coffee but only only after sharing their personal information. That personal information
information includes names, phone numbers, email addresses, and majors. By doing so, students are opted into receiving information from corporate sponsors who might be interested in investing in the data the cafe provides. Nina Landau, a junior studying environmental studies at Brown, stated much of the information has already been posted online through LinkedIn or a quick Google search. This is what Nina has to say: Maybe I should have been more apprehensive, but everyone has your information at this point anyway. To give out my name and email and what I studied doesn't seem so risky to me. In a response to the email asking for more information, Alex Inu, Schur's cafe general manager, wrote that the cafe doesn't give out data on specific students, but the data merely provides a general aggregate such as majors and expected graduation years. Um, Dylan, I'm going to rip a question straight from the article. Should students, more so people in general, be more wary of giving up so much of their personal information? I think in general you should always be careful with what information you're sharing with who. But in this case, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. Like uh, like that college student was saying, you know, you can find out a lot from a Google search, and even the information that you're giving to Facebook, if you make a Facebook account, is arguably a lot more than your major and your email and your and your name. I I totally agree with you, and I think a lot of people look at this headline and are immediately pissed off. And I was too. And and then I read the article, and I was like, okay, yeah, you're giving away your data for something in return. Yeah, Facebook is a good example. You know, there's probably going to be tons of people who are outraged at this article and then go log on in Facebook to talk about it on their Facebook. You have a situation like Facebook and Cambridge Analytica where you're giving away your data and you're not getting anything in return. So yeah, these kids, I mean, they're giving away stuff that could easily be found on the internet, but they're also getting something from it. So it's an even trade. I don't know, you know, if you can put a monetary value on personal data, but they're getting something for it. They're not just having it taken from them. And I think there was a couple times where they said that that this company, this uh, this coffee shop gives out free coffee in exchange for personal information. I don't think that it's free coffee. I think they're still paying for it in a way. Yeah, it's um, like the free lunch, kind right? Of like there's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm-hmm. But even the even the manager, general manager of one of these these coffee shops, was like, yeah, we give away free coffee. I don't know that it's free. I think personal information you're still giving. Well, yeah, they later he, the general manager later said they they haven't so or they haven't selected any sponsors yet, but the sponsors will buy this data. Yeah. So yeah, you're giving, and that's the thing is like a lot of people will say on the internet, if you're using a program that's free, you're the product. Your data is what's being sold. I like that. I haven't um, heard that before. The thing is, I truly don't believe people realize how much of their personal data they're already giving away. You know, with that Facebook Cambridge Analytica thing, Facebook, people post everything on Facebook, your date of birth, your family, um, your phone numbers, email addresses. When you're out of the country. Even, yeah, exactly. You, know? you have, they have a perfect, I mean, pictures with your face, with your family's face. They know exactly who you are to a T. And I found a study, a 2014 study by the Pew Research Center found that more than 90% of U.S. adults believe they've lost control of their data to tech companies. We're talking about, you know, losing your data in breaches with Equifax and um, Wells Fargo and stuff of that nature. It's like... Target. That yeah, Target. Ago, yeah. yeah, I totally forgot about that one. Actually, Target's a sponsor. I need to totally cut that out, Dylan. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't throw Target's down Target like Target's that. knocking on the door right They're, now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, but it's crazy that people don't realize how much information they're giving away on a daily basis, and then they get uh, pissed off for like an article like this. It's like, use your brain. You're giving away so much of what you think is personal to companies that are willing to sell that for pennies on the dollar just to make a quick buck. And what do you think about this? I I was thinking about, so maybe to them, personal information is a sort of currency. But do you think in the future, our personal information will become actual currency? Like you'll be able to 
go, same kind of thing, and an exchange for you know groceries or other services in order because companies care about that so much and they're trying to get as much information on their customers, their consumers as possible. I think yeah, very much so. There was this um I should have wrote down the artist, but there was this comic where a person was like breaking down what you're giving up with like a um membership card. Like you're giving up your birthday, you're giving up your phone number, you're giving up your email, you're giving up like a list of your friends. And it like listed out the price of each of those things. Yeah, very much, you know, places like this, I, I think they talked about opening up other locations across the US. Places like this are going to become very popular because companies are going to pay top dollar for this data. This is like, you look at what Russia, we don't have to get too much into the election, but you look at what Russia did in buying this data and basically advertising to the right people at the right time um, with the right content. And you see how much of a, like we're having a whole freaking investigation from it because it was so invasive and so impactful. So yeah, definitely in the future, people are going to pay for things and personal data. And it'll come to a point on how much is too much. And I think we will, like you said, we'll probably see more and more of this um, as it takes over. I remember uh, in the article, they said they're looking to target institutions like universities that have what they said, smart people that they can hire out to companies. The article kind of reminded me at first, it made me think of the like the Amazon Go store, is it called? Where you can just kind of walk in and then... The grocery store, yeah. yeah. Where you can take stuff out. We actually have one in Minnesota. Really? I didn't it's know It's opening that. up in Minnesota. Cool. Yeah. yeah. At the very beginning, people were like, oh, this is weird. This is a... Th- I don't know if I like this. And there was a bunch of articles and kind of controversy around it. And now it's becoming a thing. And I think this is the kind of the same deal is there's... Uh, it's kind of uncommon to us now, but in the future, possibly very soon, this might become a very commonplace thing. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. This is a conversation I have with my aunt, Angie Krause, who was recently on the podcast, is Google Home or your phone or Facebook listening into listening, your conversations and then advertising to you based on those conversations. And I'm kind of split on if that's good or bad. Because when I go on the internet, I want the internet tailored to me. I want to get to where I want to go as quickly as possible. I run my own business, so time is very valuable to me. And it may not be to, I, mean, I would assume most people, their time is valuable to them. So if I want to go on the internet and maybe, you know, I need something, I want it to be just right there for me. I want it to be just boom, boom, boom. I have to spend half my time on the internet because the internet is like listening to me. But also in the a case of like, that's very invasive to my personal self. Like, I don't want to be like having a conversation with you. I mean, this, will, this podcast will be on the internet. So yeah. we'll be <laughs> getting advertisements for coffee or whatever. But I don't want to be having like a personal conversation with you about something very deep and meaningful and then pop up, oh, I need a therapist for my issues in life. It's like, that's just a bit too much. But I do believe there's good and bad to it. I think I did some research about the um, uh, Privacy Act that's like in Congress right now and a bit about that, which I think will very much help as long as some of these like companies like Facebook, what was the other one? Twitter aren't involved in like the, the stipulations of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Which it, is interesting. Yeah, right? that's because very the interesting. It's almost because of them that we're doing this in yeah. the first place. So maybe they shouldn't have a say in the like what happens. As long as they're out of those privacy laws, I'm, I'm very comfortable with having these privacy laws. But if they are, that's going to be a very interesting future. (laughs) Absolutely. And I can bring it back with kind of an interesting quote, kind of brings us full circle. There's a a guy named Arthur C. Clarke, who was a writer, and a lot of people call him a futurist, who said,
said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And I what do you think about that? I very much stand by that. Like when you think about what a, you know, we both have laptops in front of us. If you think about what a laptop is, it's basically electricity and a rock that somehow make binary numbers like that. To me, I know there's like tons of technology behind it, but I'm not a technology guy. To me, that's magic. That's something unbelievable that I can't comprehend my mind on. We talked about like using magic or religion to something or as something to answer questions we don't really know. And that's something that just blows my mind constantly. The fact that we have a phone that has more technology than what they used to for Apollo 11 is absolutely insane. And the way we use those phones is nowhere near as detrimental to the future as they did with Apollo 11. Like I'm connected with people from across the world. People listen to this podcast in Australia and Sweden and South America and Ecuador. That blows my mind that technology has allowed us to do that. And to me, not understanding the uh, zeros and ones behind that, that's magic. Absolutely. And like we're saying, sometimes that not understanding that wonder is so cool and so important. And those experiences are few and far between, I think, as adults. I think the older you get, the more jaded and, and you get with that kind of thing. And I'm always in awe and in wonder of technology. And like you said, with this Amazon, you know, Echo, Amazon Dot, you can say things and they'll show up at your door. You can order things, you know, and they'll show up at your door simply by asking for it. It's just wild. What is your What are your thoughts on the future of technology and the future of our privacy with technology? I think we're going to, for better or for worse, be, be giving up more and more of our of our privacy. But like you said earlier, so much of that is already given out so voluntarily. Sometimes it's not super clear, but usually it's very clear what you're giving and how they're going to be using it. And then, you know, when you think of social media, in a sense, on kids growing up now, like, how old are you? I'm 20. I turned 21 in November. Birthday coming up. Uh, happy early birthday. Thank you. But I think you would still be in the same kind of age range. Like, we grew up without social media. Oh, 100%. So yeah. we know both social media before and after. And now there are kids who are growing up where their whole lives are on social media. They're going to be 60, 70, 80, and they're going to be able to re-watch themselves as a freaking baby. And that's crazy. And I think that's going to have a massive effect on people's lives. And it comes down to privacy. Like your whole life is online. Anyone, you know, you look at online dating. Like if you see someone you like, you're like, oh, now I can just type in their name, the school they go to. I can find their Instagram. I can find their Facebook. I can know everything about that person before I go on a first date. That's concerning to me. Right. That you lose some of that some mystery. That yeah. Some of that edge. And that wonder edge. when yeah, you go back wonder. to magic. Yep. Absolutely. And it can take away from a lot of the human experience that is so cool about living. I don't know if you've seen that movie Wally. Yes. But you know, like when they get into like the futuristic ship and everyone's like, everything's driven by technology. I very much see that as a possible future where everyone is just so enamored by technology. Everything is private or everything is public. So there's nothing to hide. And that's just, that just scares me a bit. It does. Yeah. But you know, you think of the, like you said, the, the kids today that are growing up with it, it's not foreign to them. Like it is to us. I remember a time before smart, smartphones. You know, I was talking to my dad the other day. I'm like, how did we ever get anywhere? 
<laughs> you know, without Google Maps, I, I I used it to get to your house today, and I would have had to spend a lot more time and a lot more preparation, and even in order to get here and record this. Exactly, and even like yeah, even showing up somewhere, it's like before I had to trust that you would be here when you said you would be here. But if I, I was here, if it was seven thirty, and I said I would be here at seven, now you can just text me or call me. You know, it's very interesting. And I want to I talked a little bit about the um, privacy laws that are in Congress right now. First off, vote come November. I just Absolutely. wanted to say say that register to vote i think you have like a week or so left in minnesota i may be wrong i'll put a correction on with that but register to vote and vote it's very important people forget that we have midterm elections vote just do a quick you know busy a friend of yours was on the show we talked politics we talked about how easy it is to learn these things you can sign up online there's a really good talk about communication talk about strategic communication marketing i saw a really good ad on social about all the things that take longer to do than it does to vote or register, uh, tiger shoes, order I a think, coffee. Yeah, I think it took things. me three minutes to register. So to vote. easy, and it's and such an easy thing. Especially the impact. Midterms don't have the same level of hype and that kind of thing that like the main ones do. But if you talk about personal impact to your like your city, your community, this is probably more impactful in in that regard. And I may be completely wrong in saying this, just phrasing it wrong. Um, the Kavanaugh situation, if you don't like that decision that the Supreme Court made, vote this November. And when it comes to privacy laws, if you don't want companies like Apple or Facebook or Twitter owning your privacy, basically your personal data in the future, find out who the senators are voting for the privacy laws. You know, Democratic Senator Mark Warner, when speaking to Facebook CEO Sheryl Sandberg and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey stated when you're talking about the privacy laws, the era of the Wild West and social media is coming to an end. And that happens with your vote. <laughs> Absolutely. If you don't like something, tell someone. If you tell don't someone. like something, do something about it. All right. Are you ready to wrap this baby up with one final news story? Absolutely. All right. This one, Dylan, I need I need some names from you. First off, let's start with a name you want to give a soccer mom. Deborah. That feels like a soccer name. Any last names to Deborah? No. Just Deborah. Just Deborah, Deborah, no last name. (laughs) All right, and now we need a name for her soccer star son. Should we go with John Doe? Because that's what they said in the... I mean, we could, but I want you to come up with something that is better than Deborah. See, Deborah and um, Chad. Just because that... That's a good... I think that works for the story. I feel like the context of this story, which you'll hear about in a second, I think it feels right to me. All right, so this is Mother Files Federal Lawsuit After Son doesn't make varsity team. This is from Fox 2 News, or actually, sorry, Fox 2 Now St. Louis. After missing the cut from his varsity high school soccer team and not being allowed to play another year of the JV team, Deborah, mother of Ledoux High School junior Chad, has taken his case to the federal courthouse of St. Louis on the claim that he was discriminated against because of his age and sex. Ledoux High School states that if a junior is unable to make the varsity team after playing JV, they are unable to play for the JV a second time, which allows for younger students to develop their skills and prepare for a varsity tryout the next season. And since the women's soccer team usually has less students trying out, juniors are still able to play on the JV team to fill out the necessary spots. After the teams were decided, the varsity soccer coach sent an email to Chad to let him know he was on the bubble for making the team, but did not because of holes in his technical ability and game decision making. Later, revealing in the court proceedings that he sent the email to help build Chad's self-esteem and not punch him in the gut after being cut from the varsity team. Deborah, Chad's mother, claims since documents introduced in court which showed performance
performance ratings given by coaches showing Chad was rated higher than some of the boys who made the varsity and that Chad had previously made the JV team the year prior, there was really no reason he shouldn't have been selected for the varsity team this year. Dylan, have you played any, did you play any high school sports or is it just magic? So I didn't play on any official high school sports. I shot trap with my high school. Do you know what that is? Uh, That's where you shoot the clay pigeons. pigeons. That's not a, it was a club sport at best. It wasn't an official like varsity sport or even junior varsity. Interesting. I played soccer in high school, so I have a little background on this You have some connection to this. Yeah, I'm actually this kid. I'm Chad. (laughs) I'm Chad. Deborah's my mom. This is crazy. This is crazy. (laughs) I just really wanted to get my story out there. Uh, But give me your thoughts just so far, just initial thoughts on the Chad and Deborah situation. First of all, wow. Okay. (laughs) Wow is the good way to start is so much going on here. The first thing that I noticed in this article is that the the mom, Deborah, is all over this. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was any quotes from, from Chad, the son. There was, I think maybe I might be wrong and I should have let you finish on this, so I apologize, but I think okay. Chad did say he wanted to take this to federal court because he just wants to play soccer. Got you. Later okay. in the article, they mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, I must have, I, I don't know if I missed that, but yeah, it seems like the mom was taking a very front seat to this. and This was like a very helicopter parent kind yes. of which especially I'm an RA uh, and at the college that I go to and so I've seen firsthand these helicopter parents are the worst (laughs) (laughs) and so just something on this scale to me is kind of absurd um, for not making uh, it said age and sex discrimination to me I don't think the difference between like sophomore junior senior and high school is is enough to warrant age discrimination I don't know maybe that's just me well the funny thing I, I got from the story is that the mother went to the superintendent of the school about this and like the superintendent was just like this this is so stupid and then she was like all right you're calling me stupid i'm taking this to the federal freaking courthouse of st louis i see it deborah is there she's upset she's knocking down the door she's not taking no i don't i don't want to like presume but i'm presuming that she has that uh let me talk to the manager haircut. haircut. <laughs> uh, but the one thing i want to say so say say chad wins this case and he's on the varsity team every single kid is going to hate that kid right which so to me the the reason for being so upset about not making it is i I think there is a there's some sort of social capital that comes with being on the team and i think especially in high school right especially in high school and now that i'm in college and i don't know did you go to college i went for a year yeah no no worries yeah well, you know, I have a, pot, a successful podcast. Right, yeah, don't absolutely. look at me like no, that. I'm just don't saying, look at me like that. I was going <laughs> to say, kidding. either way, after you get out of high school, you have fun while you're in high school. But looking back, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't. You know what I mean? And so I think this is another example about local news just blowing something out of proportion and trying to make something into an interesting case. Welcome to half of the stories on Water Honestly, Cooler Talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, it, that's exactly true. And going back to my point on as a competitor, it would kill me to know that the only reason I'm on this team is because my mom bitched to the courts of St. Louis. Like, that would kill me as a competitor, especially at this age. Like you said, this is a very important age when it comes to who you are for your social identity. So to take a big hit to your credibility, and especially at high school, where, yeah, high school does not matter in the bigger scheme of things. But when you're in that moment, everything revolves around high school. Everything revolves around being on the varsity team, dating the hottest girls, or guys, if you're into that. And just just being a social 
I don't want to say pariah. I don't know why that was the first word that came to my head. But being like on the top of the social structure, kind of. That's all you're wrapped into. And yes, later in life, you'll be like, why did I care about that? But at that age, in the moment. you just, yeah, in the moment, there's no other thing. So I think that's maybe some of the reasons why Chad wanted to do this, because he saw it as, well, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be on the high school soccer team. And on any level, I'll lose this credibility of being on the soccer team, getting to wear my jersey to school on game day. So he's like, why not? Why not do this? Why not? Boom, this case um, works in my favor. And now I'm on the varsity team. Now I'm the cool varsity soccer guy. So I think that's maybe why or maybe something Chad was thinking because yeah, in high school, you have all these peer pressures to be this social person, this liked person. And I think Chad kind of got dragged into that. Yeah. And I think like, like you were saying before, if he were to make it on the team after that, the sort of social capital, I don't know if that's the right word, of being on the team would probably be lost because then everyone would be like, oh, he's not good enough to be on. He's just here because he took it to court and they have to let him on the team. And I mean, like I said, that Chad said he wanted to go to court. And I say that with air quotes because you never know. Do you believe this is a case of a mom leading the charge? Or do you think it's a case of Chad thinking he's way not as good as he thinks he is? Or maybe a combination of both? I would have to say, I do think it's it's the mom. I think it's the case of the helicopter parent um, taking the charge. For me, I would feel super uncomfortable if, if my mom or dad were to... Oh, you know, for sure. I would be like, federal mom, court. are yeah. you kidding yeah. me? Yeah, what's happening? But also, when I was reading this, I was thinking, okay, all this money that this mother might be paying an attorney or something, instead of doing this, maybe you could pay like a personal trainer or a, you know, a lesson teacher to, Perfect, to work yeah. on the skills. I think I thought it was really funny that they were trying to prove his athletic ability with like a record, <laughs> a physical piece of paper. <laughs> I'm like, really? Okay. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I praise the coach in this situation because he's just like, God damn it, this kid. And that's another thing. It's like, this kid was probably on the bubble for a reason. Like, this is not just a behavior that it's just a one-time thing. This kid is probably someone who thinks he's better than he actually is. And I would assume that the coach kind of knows that kid and knows his personality. And it's like, I don't want this kid on my team. He's going to be a very negative thing. Um, talking about energies from last story. He's negative just gonna, vibes. He's, yeah, he's going to be a very negative vibes and he's not good enough like two episodes ago i talked about colin kaepernick and like the pr nightmare that he brings with i don't think chad's good enough to make up for his negative vibes and obviously he didn't make the team and here's the other thing he's not a senior this isn't his last chance to play either um it's not like this is the be all end all he's got next year so to me uh i think if you really care that much about soccer you can find another place to play or practice or do your thing outside of this high school um and i didn't i don't remember reading any any of that like outside seeking outside opportunities to, to play or well, yeah, that's to the thing. grow. There's um, so many different soccer clubs right. there. It's like, if you want to play soccer, there's tons of options where you can be the star. If this is something he really wanted to do, if soccer was a, such a big part of his life that he wanted to go on and do that, maybe even professionally, I think I don't think that this would stop him from doing that. I yeah, this that. is a road bump if this is something you if want anything, to do professionally. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I talked about this in last episode with Ryan Beal. Have dreams, like go after your dreams, but realize that there's realize that sometimes you have to temper your expectations. If this kid's not making the varsity team for his soccer team or not making the varsity team for his high school, he's probably not good enough to play professional soccer. I was soccer. just going to say, yeah. I mean, even if you're on the bubble to make your varsity team, you're not good enough to make to play professionally. I mean, I know using the football example, even if you're the star on the football team, you're probably not going to get a D1 offer. It's just that competitive. And I actually looked up how, how competitive this soccer team was. Uh, so Ledu 
High School is ranked 610th for soccer in the entire nation. So that's in the entire U.S. nation.、So、that's pretty competitive. I looked up my own high school.、Uh, we were ranked 3,976th. So I mean, <laughs> comparatively, yeah, yeah, comparatively, this is a very good high school when it comes to soccer. So Chad, you're not good enough, and you have to realize that because if you don't, you're gonna live a tough life. And Chad, like I said, if you if this is something you really want to do, if this is something you really want to do, work on it. And I don't, I don't know that like sitting back and taking this to court versus you know working on your own skills and just trying to be better. I don't know if that's the right solution. You know? Well, what advice would you give? So he's a junior now. He has two more years of high school. He has to live with this court case. What advice are you giving Chad to survive the next two years of high school? So I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. Like if I'm walking into class and everyone's like, "Oh, there's this news story on Fox Two now, St. Louis, about my soccer ability." And there's and just to clarify, there's no names given out. We made up our own names,、yeah. but they probably know who yeah, it is. They 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 probably kids、know. at that high school. Yeah,、now. and I would just say try and keep your head down. Don't let your ego get in the way of the playing. At the end of the day, it's a it's a team, right? And sometimes even something as small as as one person can make a team fall apart. And so I would say, yeah. Keep your head down. Do your thing. Try your best to to get better. If this is something you really care about, and don't let this little little road bump get you off, and don't let your her- helicopter mom get in the way. Yeah, I, w- I would. That's. I mean, the first advice I would give is you need to sit down with your mom and have a discussion and say, "Look, mom, this is my life. You need to let me live it the way I need to live it." I did sports throughout high school, and you know, I knew I wasn't good enough to play varsity s- soccer, varsity baseball, and I just kind of had that realization. That you know, I I grew up wanting to play professional baseball, professional soccer.、I、wanted to be a freaking NASCAR driver. Me too. Yeah, when I was little, I <laughs> yeah you know, I did basketball camps, and you know, yeah, I thought I wanted to be a professional basketball player. But yeah, I realized that I was like, you know what, I'm not good enough, and that was a tough thing to realize. But I had to realize it, Chad. This is something you have to realize. I'm talking directly to you, Chad. I know you're a listener. Yes. I know my listener stats, but I'm talking directly to you, and I say you have to realize you're not good enough. Find something else. I had no idea. When I was in high school, and I decided I couldn't play soccer anymore because I wasn't good enough, that I would be four or five years down the line podcasting and have a popular podcast. So there's definitely many options. And going back to what we originally said about high school, where you're in the moment and that's all you can think about, high school is going to be such a little blip in your life. Like I had an amazing time in high school. I met amazing people, but I barely remember any of that. I've done so much more exciting things after high school. That's like those、uh, exciting and fun things have just kind of replaced. High school. I mean, I still have like those good memories and good friends, but I've done so many more cool things than I ever did in high school. So yeah, just a little blip in your life. I know at this time in your life, you probably you can't comprehend that, but trust me and trust everyone who says the same advice. High school does not matter. Do what you love in high school. If you're into magic, do magic. If you're into choir, sing your heart out. But realize with those things, if you're not good enough, you either need to move on to something else. Or you need to practice. You need to get better. You've been doing magic for ten years. I'm sure there's things you still need to work on to get better. Always learning, always growing. It's one of those things that you'll never be the best, right? There's always going to be someone better than you. Of course, this is, applies to everything in business world, in personal life, everything. And knowing that you'll never be a master, be perfect at anything. I think that's personally that that's what keeps me going and and wanting to learn more and and seeking out others who can help and help me to grow all of those. 
those things. And I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's always someone better. There's always something to learn. And um, Chad, it gets better, but you have to put yourself in the right positions to allow that to happen. Tasting. I've heard a lot of people say the best way to, you know, if you don't know what your passion is, to just try a bunch of things. Maybe you've tried soccer and maybe it's not the thing. Try something else. Play club soccer. Have a good time. Just play for fun. Be the best club soccer yeah, player. Yeah, exactly. There's there's probably a yeah. team that you're probably the Ronaldo. I don't want to say Ronaldo because he has some rape allegations. Or the Messi of club soccer. There's probably a team you can find where you're the Messi. Find that team. The Messi of Missouri. The Messi Chad. of Missouri. Good old <laughs> Chad. Uh, a quick update because they did have an update on the final decision. U.S. District Judge John Ross denied a request by Deborah that would allow Chad to play soccer on the high school JV team. So Chad, soccer career at Ladue High School is officially over. Can you imagine this judge that's sitting there with this stack of requests yeah. <laughs> that's like, okay, we have this serious case, we got this murder, you know, this thing, and then my son wants to play on this high school team. He didn't team. get on the high school team. He didn't make the varsity yeah. team. I want to sue the school. I have to praise the judge. Um, I have to praise Judge John Ross here on just calling out this bullshit. Because you know if he even thought twice about this and allowed this to move forward, there would be so many other parents who would sue the schools and be like, hey, my son didn't make this. Oh, now there's precedent. So yeah. I just want to throw a shout out to Judge John Ross Judge for just John Ross. throwing down the good old anvil. The hammer what was that hammer called? The gavel. Gavel, yeah. yeah. Throwing down the gavel on Deborah's face and <laughs> making Chad cry. Yeah. No, I don't. Well, I don't want to get that. <laughs> that was too far. That was too far. This is not. We're not going to bully Chad unless you want to. Do you want to start throwing names out? I think we. <laughs> no, I think we've heard Chad more than enough. Uh, any any final lasting words for this story? Any final words for Chad? Any advice for Deborah? I would say let your child be a person. I see too many parents. I don't think anyone listening to this will be offended by this. I have a story from my first year as an RA. I was sitting in my room during move-in day. And first of all, every question I got that day was from a parent. It was ne- never a student like, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. It was always like a parent like, oh, why is this dresser not three times larger? larger or you know that kind of thing but I remember this is so funny I was sitting in my back of my room just doing my thing listening to music and a mom came in for the life of her couldn't figure out how to use a command strip oh like the like sticky the 3M thing. command Got adhesive it. and it was at that moment where I'm like man some people will need some help <laughs> And I think uh, in going off of that, I think a lot of like I went to school at Colorado State and like during move-ins, there were parents who were like were you could tell they're living through their child. And give your kids their space, do your own thing, get your own activities. Deborah, find something else to do, make some arts and crafts. The same thing we talked about in Chad, you know, taste a bunch of different things in life and move on. Don't move on from your son, but move on from <laughs> this last year. Sorry, I'm letting you go. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Chad. I just have it's to time. Adam said Adam and Dylan said I had to get rid of you. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dylan, for being on Water Cooler Talk. How was your experience? Did you like it? Did you hate it? If you hated it, just don't tell me. Just lie to me right now. <laughs> I loved it. It was fun. It was great to be here. You have a your weekly magic show on Instagram, Magic Monday, at Dylan Barrett 52 Anything you want to talk about with that? It's a fun thing. Um, when we talk about social media, there's a lot of people that are asking on social media, come to my event, buy this thing for me. I'm trying to do my best to give on social media. I like 
that you give, you do like a trick or two every Monday yeah. and you're just giving this away. Yes. Just in pure enjoyment for you, for you all, for my audience, whatever. I want nothing more than to, to bring a spot of joy, happiness to your day. So I'm like, oh, that was really cool. And that's what I do every week. Yeah. I make a video um, with a new magic trick. I think we're on like week 30 or 31. That is awesome. I'm trying to go all year. I really like your coin magic. And then I also really liked your gummy bear trick. That was impressive. I was like, how is it? It's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, thank you guys for listening to Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by Dylan, where we take the strangest and most interesting real life news stories from around the world and just try to have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in these bizarre news stories. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Google Podcasts, coming soon to iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and also through our podcast network on Podbean. Or you can find your favorite way to listen on our website at newwestmedia.co slash watercoolertalkpod that's just the end of that URL (laughs) and once again if you'd like to reach out to the show with either a strange local news story or share some of your own comments you can do so at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com and for those waiting to find out how I'm going to make your Twitter day the week following this episode being posted if you decide to tweet us at watercoolertalk talk spelled T-L-K with one of your favorite magic tricks I will well I'll just just half-heartedly try and replicate that trick, even if it means I have to saw myself in half. Yeah, that's gonna happen, baby. Uh, send those tweets to watercoolertalk, talk spelled T-L-K, and I will recreate them for you. Dylan, every show I have the guests close out the show, mostly because I don't know the proper way to close out a show. Is there something you would want to share with our audience? Um, it can be a story. It can be some advice. I don't know if you have a audio magic trick. I don't know if that's possible, but the floor is yours. I just want to say uh, to everyone out there, kind of like I was saying earlier, try your best to keep wonder in your life. That would be my advice. Something I try to do a lot and the whole idea of thinking you know how everything works and how how the world works and it's kind of a kind of a sad way to live in my opinion and i think do your best to inspire others do what you love and try and be happy while doing it love it all right guys we will be back next thursday with a brand new episode peace this is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world and while many of these stories may seem fake they're absolutely not because they're real